Welcome everyone uh, to the October 18, 2023 Peace Alliance Department of Peace Building Campaign Third Wednesday Monthly Call. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us and we'll just uh, get started with some brief check-ins for everybody just say hi where they're from, uh, anything they'd like to say about peace or the Department of Peace uh, okay. or whatever else is as briefly as possible and then we'll go over the agenda and do some connection before we start it. Beth, do you want to start? Well, I'd like to know what is currently happening on uh, the Department of Peace that we all know, you know, isn't going to be talked about in the corporate media. Hmm? Yeah, we're going to touch on that. That's our main part of the agenda. Okay, yeah. That's okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Beth is from Minnesota for anybody who doesn't. Yeah, know. I'm from North, uh, I should say North St. Paul, not St. Paul anymore. Okay. Mm. Thanks, Beth. Uh, Charlie. I am Charlie and I live in Amherst, New York. And um, I just want to say shalom, shalom. Oh, yes. I'm Jewish too. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Kathy. Yes. Hello, everybody. Um, so what do I want to say? Uh, good to be here and um, seeking peace and higher consciousness. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Ina, say hello. Did you time. say Ina? Yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, guys. Um, I am low on battery, so I may have to jump off and jump back on. Um, and I'm walking, but I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm from Denver, Colorado. And a thought cool. that I have been having recently is with regard to um, Marianne's Department of Peace, um, not necessarily, it feels very different from what we're doing, even though it's, I believe, the same thing, Department of Peacebuilding. Um, so right. I'm curious to know why there is, isn't, and again, I'm sorry if I fall off on this call before, you know, the okay. end of it, um, but I would love to explore maybe, um, you know, um, just being more in alignment together with her, with what she's doing, considering that she's you know, running for president <laughs> and really would institute a U.S. Department of Peace building. I'm not sure how I feel about her campaign, even though I love her positions and her brain in general. I have for many years. Uh -huh. um, but that was just a thought. Um, love and hugs to you all. Thank you so much. Okay, no. thanks. I've jotted that down for um, our our later discussion thing after our plant discussion, and we'll try to we'll leave some space for that. We've been in communication on that within the committee. So we'll we'll share our perspective and, and see what else comes up around it. How about you, Kendra? I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and it's beautiful here and it's warm. And mm. I I love that. Lots of trees. Cool, cool. And about peace, I I just think uh, we I got an email from Rivera 
Rivera son about pieces of verb. Right. Yeah. It's nice to just kind of uh, kind of hold it as an orb and look at it in different ways from time to time, isn't it? Peace. All right, Laura. Hi, everybody. I'm Laura. Uh, I live in Northwestern Pennsylvania near Erie, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the discussion tonight. Beautiful. Okay. And last but certainly not least, Nancy. <laughs> Well, did you go? <laughs> oh, no. So I will be last unless you let me. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm from, as you all know, from uh, the San Francisco, Oakland, El Cerrito, Berkeley, et cetera, Bay Area. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. About peace. I'm for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Karen Johnson from Lockport, Illinois, near Chicago, somewhat near Chicago. Um, well, Nancy and I kind of jokingly, but maybe seriously too, have now entered into a friendly competition for uh, co-sponsors from our two states since Illinois has really stepped up and added three new ones this year. Uh, we now have a higher percentage of co-sponsors per representative than California. Oh! <laughs> I have oh, some news goodness. for you in a little while, Karen. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me just uh, quickly go over the broad strokes of the agenda, and then we'll have a connection exercise just so you can have an idea. So the DLP updates that Beth so much wants to hear. And then we have a discussion that we announced in our reminder email about values. And we'll introduce mm -hmm. that at the time. And uh, and then our what else is on your mind section that will we'll fit in Ina's question. And then just talk about uh, the next call and have another lovely closing quote. So unless anyone else wants to volunteer, I'll do the connection exercise. Anyone else feel inspired to do so? Okay. All right. So we're just going to take a minute to 90 seconds to just oh, let go of everything else that we've had on our mind and for the day, for the week, for the couple of weeks, year, um, and just be present in the room with each other. So take a couple of long, deep breaths in, exhaling slowly. <sighs> Bring our attention to our heart. Get connected with our desire for peace. Inner peace, peace in our communities, peace in our organizations, peace in our world. And we've got uh, a difficult situation to to minimize it more than it needs to be uh, with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict now. So let's take yeah. a to just really hold all of the people <laughs> in our hearts. There's so much suffering going on, such tragic, yeah. atrocious occurrence. Yeah, Hmm. 
I'm going to give them a an energetic hug if we can feel ourselves going together yeah. hand in hand over that area and just encircling them in love. Mm. Holding their humanity when it's hard for them to see each other's humanity. And then bringing our focus back, back here in the United States as we work for our Department of Peace Building that we believe will help this around the globe in a meaningful way, that all countries have an infrastructure for peace building and people who can talk to each other and resolve conflicts nonviolently. And so to our agenda, Nancy will talk about the focus of the call, the DOP activism. Mm -hmm. Um, so first of all, I thought we could do a little celebration of our two most recent co-sponsors, um, within the last couple of weeks, um, Representative Mike Quigley and Representative Delia Ramirez, both from Illinois, as Karen would want me to mention. <laughs> uh, yeah, so getting both of those was awesome. And in the process mm -hmm. of this, Karen did point out that um, Illinois, on a percentage basis, now has more co-sponsors than California. Um, but I did a fact check and wanted to do a tiny little quiz with you all. Um, you can just shout out the answers if you, you know, your guesses. Of, uh, of all of our states, how many do you think um, have co-sponsors for Department of Peace Building? Ten. You mean just this year? In right this, now. In this Congress. That we in have right Congress. Now. How many states? Mm -hmm. yeah. And we have how many states? Yeah, thirty-six co-sponsors. How many states? Yeah, how many? How many? We have seven. You say seven. You say ten. Any other guesses? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, and 20. no, che no cheating. Okay. No mm -hmm. cheating. <laughs> oh, no fair cheating. <laughs> Looking it up. You're saying twenty? Yeah. Okay. Any other guesses before I reveal the answer? 15. 17. 17 states. 17 states. Okay. We have a lot of other states to reach out to. Kendra got the guess of 15 in right, right before you said it. Then you win the prize, Kendra. <laughs> which is Yeah, maybe. whoever was right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out what the prize is in a minute. Um, <laughs> So of all this, of all the um, states or territories or districts or whatever, um, Illinois actually comes in third with 35% wow, really? of their congressional district being co-sponsors. Um, but who do you think is above that, the two that are above that? You mean above uh, Illinois? Yes, I know nobody can be above Illinois except maybe Canada. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't know who. <laughs> I don't think Minnesota is. I wouldn't even count Minnesota. Well, <laughs> we 
could count them possibly. I'll have to look. Um, yeah, so yeah. any guesses? New York. Nope. So you saying the two um the two states higher than Illinois with numbers of co-sponsors? In percentage. Percentage percentage. How many they have in their delegation, their congressional Oregon or Washington? Nope. There's Maine no. New Hampshire, Maine or Vermont? Uh, yeah, how about Vermont? No, no, but there's one with 100%. And who is that? Well, that's got to be a state with like one representative. <laughs> well, that's the District of Columbia. They have one delegate, and uh, Eleanor Holmes Norton Good. has always been a co-sponsor. Um, oh, I like her. And, and there's one with 50%. Who would that be? Did it be Massachusetts? Did somebody say Virginia already? No. Kathy, I don't know. I might have said this. I might have not heard you. It might have been something Kathy said, but maybe not. I can't remember. What did you say, Kathy? I said Oregon, Washington, Maine, or Vermont. So it is Maine. Is that Washington State? Maine. Maine, uh, Maine has two uh, representatives, and um, uh, one of those is on there, she uh, Shelley Pingree, who also has been a representative for many years. Um, and then just below Illinois, there's a state with 33%. Mm. It is below mm. Illinois? State is like physically below Illinois? No, as far as percentage wise. Yeah, rankings. Ranking. Uh -huh. uh, let's see. Yeah. Colorado? Connecticut? Colorado has zero. Connecticut? Nope. But you can think west, west, the the great west. Uh, Arkansas, I mean, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona or New Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico. Uh, oh, wow. So yeah. they have three members of Congress, uh, one co-sponsor. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so kind of next down is... Uh, Mississippi, 25%. Massachusetts, 22%. New York, Mississippi. That's yeah. a shocker. Hmm? Mississippi is a shocker. Well, Benny Thompson. <laughs> Benny Thompson. Oh. Yeah, I was just thinking of him. Gotcha. I was just uh, thinking of him, too. Yeah, so four with four uh, members of Congress. And yeah, it is shocking when you think about it. But <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, then New York, yeah. New Jersey, and California, only 15.4%. So um, we do have to step up our game in California. We have several who were former oh, yeah. sponsors who haven't signed on again. So Karen, we're going to try to do something about that. So um, so in, and another interesting number with 11.11%. .11%. Ooh. And who was that? Really? <laughs> if I did the math right. <laughs> <laughs> who would that be? That's Massachusetts. No. 
Yeah, let's not for uh, Indiana. Nope. So yeah, that's pretty one, one out of nine members of Congress. One out of nine members of Congress. Oh, just... You can think of the Great How West. Many... The Great West once again. Arizona? Yes. So that would be that would be Grijalva. Um, so unfortunately, Texas is only five percent. Forget Texas. I, well, we don't want. We'll to never forget Texas. Totally. More peace yeah, than right. <laughs> I have a story for you. Okay. Uh, the first um, year Trump was in office, I would color postcards every week, send them to Cruz and Cornyn. No responses. Nothing. You know to address the issues I was talking about. So my last postcard was to tell them that I was going to now work to get him out of office. <laughs> so that's what I think about my two senators. So Right, right. <laughs> that's depressing. Are you from Texas? Yes, I'm from Houston. Oh, oh yes. Is Cruz out of office? No. Still no, unfortunately. Um, that would be nice if he weren't. <laughs> so I'll give a sort of an overview of the rest. We're doing a lot in a lot of different directions, but um, as a result of our meeting with Congresswoman Ramirez, uh, she encouraged us to that this she felt like this was a really good time to to double down on our efforts. So we oh good. We have a, we're sort of in the midst of a, we're just calling it a special advocacy um, right after 10 11. Um, and we decided to contact, recontact everybody who was on our uh, spring and fall advocacy list who hadn't already signed on. So we've sent out um, letters and done phone calls to, it's about 74 people. So, um, pretty cool and charlie has been way a star in this of course <laughs> contacting people he followed up with a lot of phone calls to people but a, a lot of others on the call have been participating in that too um we've mm -hmm. had some zoom meetings after the fall advocacy days and we'll be continuing with that in the fall um laurie Laurie Russo, who's not able to be on the call tonight, um, did some drops on Capitol Hill last week. I think she went there three different days and dropped off all the literature that we weren't able to deliver while we were in, um, uh, in right. yeah, while we were in DC in um, September. And she went to about mm -hmm. 83 offices and, um, Kathy, you'll be excited to hear, maybe. Um, one of the offices where she got real enthusiastic support was um, Sylvia Garcia from Texas. Um, she walked She's pretty in. good. Yeah, so Lori walked in, and they were having a staff meeting right there in the main room. And so Lori was like, oh, I'm here for Department of Peace and Peace Building. And Sylvia Garcia goes, oh, I'm all about peace. And uh, <laughs> she said, I think I'm already on that bill. And she she wasn't, but we're following up with her. And um, I think we'll try to get her as a Zoom call, um, given that excited ex response. 
Um, and then maybe Karen, you want to say just a little bit about where, if you're still there, we're doing letters. Uh, well, Karen, we, as in Karen is doing letters to president Biden once a week and, um, just anything more you want to say on that? Yeah, I'll just say briefly and anybody else is welcome to do that. I just Googled, uh, emailed white house and it comes up. It's like white house to, uh, slash contact or something like that contact us and it's a form so i started that three weeks ago so the monday after he created um through executive order the office of gun violence prevention so i yeah he that on what that friday or thursday we knew he was doing it while we were in dc so uh just thanked him for doing that and also called to his attention hr 1111 which would be um, a good inspiration for doing the same for an office of peace building. And uh, so then yes. this past Monday was my third letter. I've nicknamed it just for my internal purposes, Monday moments with the president. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you have a limit of 2000 characters to write in. So the last, the first one was very brief. Uh, these last two I've had to, you know, re-edit because I'm saying more. So I'm just kind of giving him little tidbits about news about peace building locally and otherwise that I've learned about in the course of the week. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then yeah. say to a document um, that who knows if I ever do anything else with it, but for now it's just a running document. So it's almost like a weekly diary about what has inspired me about peace building. Oh, thanks for doing that. <laughs> and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then um, last is our Holidays for Peace, which we will be starting. Uh, I've been talking to Lori Rousseau about how to do, you know, a good way to do this because she'll be the one who will be going to the Hill again for us. And um, so we decided to sort of go for the low hanging fruit and contacting any um, who we haven't already contacted any uh, Black caucus members, Hispanic caucus members, progressive caucus members, and uh, yeah. maybe a few others we've heard, you know, gotten some good vibes from. Um, and she will deliver um, our flyer to those offices. And then uh, we'll try to schedule some uh, Zoom calls with some of the people that seem most receptive. Um, so we'll be doing that sort of ongoing from now through our, you know, through mid-December, probably. Assuming we still have a government at that point. Mm -hmm. so, um, so those are the main actions and um, just really appreciate everything everybody's doing. And um, uh, yeah, just keep on keeping on. Um, oh, I wanted to say one thing about Ramirez's office. Um, Karen and I had stopped by there in May and gave her one of our buttons. And um, she actually had it. She keeps it by her desk and she held it up while we were having the phone call. And she was like, oh, this is my favorite button. And didn't take her more than a couple of minutes to say, yeah, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my member of Congress will co-sponsor and sure enough she did so so you never know when you're gonna you know when you're gonna get somebody who's really receptive yeah, so that's, exactly. yeah so that's mm -hmm. 
a gist of what we're doing and I'll turn it over to Laura, Laura, to do our help lead us in our discussion. Okay. Do you still want me to do it or since Kendra's on the call or I'm fine either way? Um uh well preferences Kendra? I'm fine. <laughs> oh Laura, please. Okay. So our theme for tonight is called Coming Together on Values. And so as we think about that, I'll just start with a quote that uh, I believe Kendra gave to us. It's from someone named um, Rajiv Shah, who is the former USAID chief. And he has a new book out called Big Bets, How Large-Scale Change Really Happens. And there, his quote from that book is, get in the room, close the doors, start with values, and talk and get to know each other. I think it's very applicable. I can understand why people reading the press would be skeptical, but it's the only way we ever get stuff done in our country. Yeah. Talking, getting to know each other, and understanding value. So... I guess I would just like to ask people on, um, you know, what are your thoughts about values that are embodied in peace building and the Department of Peace Building bill? Anybody have any thoughts about that? The values embodied in peace building and a Department of Peace Building. I would say hey. connection or oneness. Mm -hmm. Justice, freedom, community. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? What's coming up for me is a reverence for life. Mm -hmm. Equality. Mm -hmm. Is anybody, Nancy, are you keeping track of list? I'm trying. Um, oh, okay. Anybody else? Any other values that you can think of? Uh, you know, what what do we hold dear, or what do we we really value in life that is embodied in uh, a Department of Peace Building or in the Act of Peace Building itself? Humanitarian. Okay. Anybody else? Respect. Um, I would say. Truth telling. Mm -hmm. Truth telling, that's mm -hmm. good. Andrew, did you say something or were you saying something? Yes, respect. Mm -hmm. Respect. Respect. Okay, me and Treating all. Charlie? Tr treating all human beings as th that they have self worth. Self worth? Mm hmm. Yeah. Nancy, do you want to read the list? Yeah, just go ahead. I will try, and if I forgot something, tell me. Um, okay, I'll put this in the chat. <laughs> so, oh, did somebody else just say something? No, go ahead. Connection, oneness, justice, freedom, community, uh, reverence for life, something I didn't get. Humanitarianism, truth telling, 
respect and treating all humans um, as if they have self-worth. Yeah. And I, th I think I missed something. So if I let me know. Okay, so I put those in the chat. Um, so that's great. So when we think about those values, um, what are some of the ways that we can promote them? As we continue with our advocacy work, looking at the values, I put the values in the chat. Um, what are some of the ways that we can promote them in our advocacy? I think talking with people to see where we have overlapping values. So shared values mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a way of connecting and creating oneness and self-worth <laughs> and reverence for life. Anything else? Teaching people to see the value in an opponent in a conflict, teaching people to see the value in their opponent's viewpoint. The kernels of truth in the opposition's viewpoint. Okay. Anything else? Um, I have been trying to incorporate in my personal life um, the things that I learned with empathy circle training. Mm -hmm. I that training. Um, and it kind of goes along with what Charlie just said about other people's perspective. So I guess trying to incorporate, uh, you know, empathy, empathy training um, or empathy circle training in our daily lives and conversations, relationships. Okay. Anybody else? How can we promote the values in our advocacy work? Well, I think this this probably overlaps with other things, but really deep listening. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking of is listening mm -hmm. for um, feelings and needs, you know, it, which is kind of along the lines of what Charlie and, and Ina said, and it's, you know, nonviolent communication training yeah. is really getting touch with um, what are the underlying feelings and needs that are happening that are um, the cause of the conflict and and going to the root cause to look for nonviolent solutions. You know? So it's getting in touch with everybody's humanity in that process. Right. Okay. Anything else? Maybe. Um, preemptive bringing up the issues that we think divide us um, like security. Did you say bringing up issues that define us? Divide. Divide, divide us. us. Okay. By bringing up security. For instance, we we think security is enhanced by including everyone, everyone's needs. And other people think that security is 
um, defense, building up the war machine. Okay, so like getting to the definition of what words mean to different people. Yeah. Yeah, I like that distinction, Kendra. And thought about that with the division is so like like we as peace builders think of it as by including everyone's everyone, if if not physically, um, or their exact voice, but holding their presence and and thinking of them and considering them. <clears throat> and in, you know, in a war situation, it's the defense, but it it could be, you know, just in a regular sense, the difference between inclusion and um, uh, excluding people for whatever reason, you know, um, and really war against people is excluding them from existence. Um, but you could see on smaller scale conflicts, why does someone feel that excluding people makes them more secure? That's mm. an interesting question. That is, I have to just say, here, here on that one. <laughs> really, um, it goes, I just, just to expound on that, um, it, it just reminds me of the experience I had with the person trying to break into my house earlier in May. And I, I thought my solution was to defend myself, but really what security meant was, I mean, really in the peaceful path, it's to, um, include my neighbors and include the people around me in awareness to to like address the situation you know from a collective like villagey sort of standpoint but it also goes to you know the the wars that the, the whole you know the wars that we're talking about today Gaza and Israel and where are exclusions in where where can we point to specific exclusions Ukraine and and Russia where can we point to specific exclusions um, that over time lead to full-scale war? You know, we can go back in time to, you know, World War II and the history as it unfolds. So thank you, Kendra, for, for that. I just had to, to add to it a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Ina. That's great. Um, so we have ways of promoting values in our advocacy, in our daily lives. We have sharing sharing values. What are the sh values that we all share? Uh, teaching people to see the truth in the opposition's viewpoint, incorporating empathetical training in our daily lives and conversations, deep listening, listening for feelings and needs, which is kind of the heart of nonviolence communication, uh, root cause listening, and bringing up issues that divide us, like security and what uh, definitions of words mean to, can sometimes mean different things to different people. So anything else? I was thinking on our, most of our congressional calls, we start out um, not even so much with shared values, but just shared life commonalities, like you know, uh, do you have kids? What school did you, you know, go to? Where were you born? Uh, even food issues have come up where, uh, and all of those 
inevitably lead to commonalities. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like somebody on the call who's from that area or who's been to that school or, you know, has kids and is concerned about, um, so that leads to similar concerns about, uh, uh, about values, I think. Yeah, so kind of when we look at what what's important to the people we're meeting with, when we always ask them that question, when we remember, but most of the time we remember. Um, yeah, so how that manifests in the physical world, it's like what what touches their heart and finding the things that also touch our heart and, and really uh, is a part of the bill, you know, so there's so many touch points in the bill that we can always find you know, one to 15 uh, that relate to what's important to the people that we're speaking to. And sometimes you have to look really hard, but you always find it. Um, to add to that, I would say vulnerabilities and an empowered ability is a point where we can all connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and and by empowered sharing of vulnerability, I mean not necessarily complaining or kind of, you know, coming from a perspective of vulnerability as the shared experience. Okay? And that can, that can immediately bring a sense of connection. Um, yeah. I like that phrase. Yeah, because we talk about con- connecting versus convincing people about the bill. <laughs> okay, anything else? Okay, so before I then, I put all of that in the chat if anybody wants a record of it. Um, before I go to the last question in the discussion, I'll just share now that um, those of us who are on the DOP committee mm-hmm. a couple years ago, we created a set of values. I went through a process actually for almost a whole year and came up with a set of values and um, other things, goals and things like that. And we try to apply these values uh, consistently on the committee and with people uh, nationally and internationally with whom we interact and also with the earth. So we came up with 14 values um, our top 14 values, and those are peace building, nonviolence, justice, love, compassion, joy, creativity, integrity, trust, diversity, critical thinking, equality, clarity, and shared wisdom. And from this set of values, we strive to foster peace building within the individual, across mm-hmm. organizations, among the beloved community with all living beings and with the earth. So I'll just add that into our discussion. And so the last question is, um, if you can think about a story or a quote relating to peace building values uh, or your experiences in advocating for peace building and values, um, if you'd like to share that story or share a quote. Um, I'll just open up the discussion for that now. 
and it I have a quote. Well, okay. I have a quote I heard just today, and um, you you can guess or maybe not guess who said this, um, but to me it speaks to commonalities. And uh, this person had a um, family members killed recently in the Israeli-Palestine conflict, and he said, mm -hmm. "Let's call for peace. Let's call for hope." Let's call for a complete ceasefire. Let's call for building bridges. We must build the future, and this future must be based on equality, on partnership, on peace. And I don't know if you want to take a guess at which side said this, but to me it could come from either or many multiple sides of people talking about war and conflict. Does anybody want to guess? Nope. <laughs> Nancy, you can ask. Well, so this is a this is a, an Israeli peace activist, and his his parents were killed on October seventh. Um, but he doesn't want their deaths to result in more deaths. Wow. Great. Yeah. Great. And I I like holding that that could have come from anyone on either side as well. Um, there certainly have been voices over the decades uh, on both sides, and and a lot of work done on the citizen level uh, that many of us heard of at conferences for the Peace Alliance, even. And uh, yeah, so praying that uh, this is as bad as it gets, and we we get better from here. Also, Charlie's been um, sending letters out to different members of Congress, and I, I don't know if you want to quote a little bit of what you were saying, Charlie, um, the gentleman you were quoting. Sure, Nats. There's a Buddhist teacher in Israel, and he wrote a letter, a statement, on the current tragic situation by Stephen Fulder. I write this from Israel where I live. We are in the midst mm -hmm. of unprecedented pain and the suffering of uh, unimaginable violence. Yeah. He says some more stuff. And he says, um, we cannot condone the suffering inflicted on the Palestinians of Gaza in response as if that will be an answer. It will not be. An eye for an eye will leave the whole world blind. Uh, every few years, there's been an outbreak of violence. Gaza has been pounded, and the seeds are sown for the next round. These days, it is by far the worst. He says some more stuff, and then he says, Over many years, I and colleagues have been bringing groups of Israelis to the West Bank to spend a weekend on peacemaking workshops with Palestinians. At times when the dominant voices said that peace was impossible and only violence and suppression worked, we found that our tools of deep listening, sharing our pain and daily life experiences and being in, in each other's shoes created a lasting bond and showed all of us that peace 
was possible. The truth of our shared vulnerability creates an opportunity for transformation. We also did a large number of quiet peace walks throughout the region. Israelis and Palestinians, Jews and Arabs, demonstrating what peacefulness was like at times when it was forgotten. Did it make a difference? Yes, like a candle that brings a small light, yet one that can make a real difference in a totally dark room. What can you and others who are outside the region do to help? Kindness is the opposite of hate and violence. Connect with the compassion. Connect with the compassion in your hearts and know that compassion is unlimited. It does not have one address. Radiate compassion for all sides and for ourselves as we too are vulnerable beings. And let it work through us and feed actions out in the world wherever we have an opportunity. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie. Isn't it that great? is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Really great. Yeah, that's a wonderful segment worth re-listening to. I love what everybody contributed. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so if there aren't any other quotes or stories, I know we're kind of coming up toward the top of the hour, um, but if somebody has a brief story or a quote that they wanted to share, uh, you can go ahead and do so now. Well, I just, you know, wanted to know, like, how approximately how many people in Congress are uh, supporting or have endorsed uh, the uh, Department of Peace already? Okay, I mean, is so, it still at the same number? Um, that's a good segue into our last section. So, Karen, do you want to, we have a sec section called What Else is on Your Mind? And I'll hand everything over to Karen. Yeah, so our number is 36 now, Beth. And 36? Yeah, just surpassed our total for the last session of Congress. So woohoo, everybody. Um, yeah. What was it before? 30 or? 35 last time, wasn't it, Nancy? Yeah. Oh, so 36. So by one. Yeah, it's still. That's from, I think we've got at least five new representatives that weren't on the bill before am i thinking of it right i know we had three from oh, illinois yeah at least i'd have to look but yeah several new yeah, ones. so we've still got some past co-sponsors to to get back on and uh we've got some good prospects for even more and the conversations just like every year they're shifting but it does really feel like oh. um, this is a pretty major year um, of course, we so we have some more to get to yet after thirty six. <laughs> yeah, always more, Beth. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The work continues, mm -hmm. and uh, special kudos to Nancy and Charlie who have done so much behind the scenes organizing and scheduling meetings yeah. and and so forth to to really make our advocacy days. Um, as impactful as possible and follow-ups. Exactly. Um, I mean, everybody's done work that's been on the advocacy team for sure. Um, and yeah. yet 
that's a new thing that we haven't done before is having other people, you know, Charlie and Nancy scheduling, mostly Charlie, I think, scheduling meetings for people that say, I'd like to, I'll chair the meeting, but I don't have time to go through all the emails to make it happen. And okay, yep. Charlie yep. does it for us. <laughs> oh, that's, that's huge. It's huge. Um, yeah. Nice. So um, I also want to go back to, to Ina's question earlier about Marianne's, uh, the way she describes the Department of Peace Building on her website. And I'll just say mm -hmm. briefly, we've kind of discussed this over email. Um, we don't know what her intentions are. We know she describes mm -hmm. it differently than even the original bill um, that she was familiar with, with Dennis Kucinich. Um, but that's her campaign website. And we in the campaign, right. um, the Department of Peacebuilding campaign, have a commitment or actually a nonprofit edict to be nonpartisan. Um, mm -hmm. So we have to be careful on how we communicate with candidates and certainly don't want to collaborate with a candidate's um, campaign mm -hmm. uh, in any way. Uh, but that doesn't mean that individuals like yourself, you know, couldn't, you know, raise the question with her, you know, mm -hmm. why is this different than how the, you know, HR 1111 is and, and, and why or whatever, you can certainly ask her whatever questions you'd like to ask her um, regarding yeah. that. Thank you for addressing that. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure why it's so different. And as far as the timeline is concerned, the Department of Peacebuilding has been functioning for quite a long time, right? And I mean, I'm not sure how, what was for, what came first, you know, do you know that? Uh, the campaign, mm -hmm. uh, well, the bill was first introduced in 2001. And my understanding of the history of the Peace Alliance is then Marianne and some other people, um, I'm not clear how many other people, but I know one of our uh, former executive directors, Lynn McMullen, was one of the people who spoke with Mar uh, Marianne. In the early days, they had a uh, Marianne had an organization called the Renaissance Circle that a lot of people who were, became part of the Peace Alliance were a part of, and it was more of a discussion group about the issues of the day. And they thought about why don't we turn that into an action group, you know, instead of discussing the issues of the day, let's let's put ourselves and create a grassroots movement to get this bill. So Dennis Kucinich introduced it first with a group of other people. And I don't know if anybody was involved at before the introduction, but he did gather a, a group of people because I heard that story from someone from Illinois that was involved. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so around 2003, 2004, the Peace Alliance uh, is considered founded. I've, I've heard both, so I'm not sure what the official founding date is. I think it's 2003, um, where they converted the Renaissance Circle into the Peace Alliance um, and mm -hmm. created the grassroots campaign in support of it. The bill came first. This, there were other bills the in the street. Go ahead, it was actually the Department of Peace campaign first, and then the Peace Alliance. In fact, if you go to departmentofpeace.org, it goes to the Peace Alliance. That was the first nonprofit. It was Department of Peace campaign. 
Well, I yes. mean, they called it dopcampaign.org, but the organization's name, I think, was the Peace Lions from the beginning. Oh, oh okay. So it just there, I was here when it was Department of Peace Campaign, and then it became Peace Alliance. Oh, okay. And I remember being upset that the name was changed. Okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. So same organization just, just changed its name, but it had the same purpose. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that articulation. Um, yeah, because I started being interested in, in Marianne's work, not until like, you know, I think 2009. So I came way later and then I've been interested and she was the one who introduced me, you know, to the concept of Department of Peace. And then that's how I kind of, but um, yeah, uh, good, good to know. And okay. That's, that just answers the question. Thank you. Okay. I would just add, um, she had, Marianne definitely had some involvement when Dennis Kucinich was the sponsor. Um, but as far as I know, she hasn't had any any involvement um, with Barbara Lee and since the bill in 2013. And she's never changed her name to Department of Peace building that she advocates for. She always calls it the Department of Peace. So, and um, yeah, that's that's all I know about that. We've had her as a guest speaker when she wasn't a candidate. We've had her as a guest speaker on some of our calls since 2013, for sure. You know, um, uh, I think as late as, uh, Kathy, you facilitated one where he had a series of call and Marianne was on one of them. Was that 2021 or 2022? Uh, 2021. Okay. Yeah, so that was like February, March, April, something like that in the spring. So that was, I think, the last time she was a guest speaker. Yeah. Okay. So, but because she's now running, it completely makes sense to kind of keep them this as department, you know, keep it like this is this, and her thing is 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 along those lines, and she's almost seemingly. I see, I see, I I think I got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not involved in the organization anymore. We also had her on for peace to the polls in no this past November. Yeah, that's oh, okay. a year ago, November. Okay. 2022. Great. The story is she called up Dennis and Lynn and asked him, how would you like a grassroots movement behind Bill? And then they took results, uh, the format the results uses, and used that for um, organizing the Department of Peace campaign. Okay. How Sam uh, has uh, mm -hmm. Coordinated, it's very similar to political campaigns. That's where we got it from, too. But, um, that's where we got training for how to um, do the campaign. Plus, Bob Maver came over who ran Senate's campaign, and a lot of the people in place just became the Department of Peace state coordinators and congressional district team leaders. So it started with a, a good infrastructure in place from the Kucinich campaign. Yep. You didn't have to build it from scratch. Yeah. Okay. So a combination of those two coming together. Yeah. Good. 
good description. There you go. All right. I just want to remind people of next month's call, November or yeah, November 15th, third Wednesday. We'll do this again. Uh and uh hopefully have as, as much as deep a heart connection and conversation as we did uh today. You'll get a reminder. Um and Nancy has our closing quote. Okay, very short. Um, this is this is a Buddhist prayer, and it says, um, "May the hearts of all beings be reigned by love." May the hearts of all beings be reigned by love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Good you, night, everybody. everyone. Peace be with you. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.